0: All right, just to remind us that uh, we are going through a series called In Suffering. Uh, And in this series, actually, it's going to go on for six weeks. This is our third message, and uh, we're going to finish on the uh, 2nd of September. And uh, in this series, we're just talking about, you know, most of the time, God does not remove our pain. He does not take it away. Uh, But God chooses to enter into the pain with us. Uh, he enters into the pain with us. And when we let God enter into the pain with us, he let us uh, enter into his joy, enter into his comfort, that we depend on him. So, you know, we've been kind of just exploring this truth, and uh, we are based this series on Second Corinthians. So today we're going to be in Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7 to 12. Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7 to 12. For we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake so that this life may also be revealed in our mortal bodies. So then death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. Jesus, we want to say thank you. For in you there is power to rescue us, to heal us. In you we find meaning and joy. And God, we pray as we Um, Just dive into your word, Lord. We ask for your spirit to be so present here. In Jesus' name, amen. Sometimes when you're suffering, when you're going through pain, uh, all you need is just to have somebody that comes alongside you. And, you know, there's nothing more comforting when you're going through suffering and pain to have somebody that just kind of like stands with you. Uh, You know, but sometimes when people are going through pain, uh, when other people are going through pain, we kind of like, you know, it becomes awkward about it. Like you are wanting to, to do something. You know, what should I say? Uh, what should I do? Uh, you know, so you are kind of like lost in the doing and in the saying. And most of the time people just want somebody that's just there for them. Just kind of like just standing there with them. Just being there. Not even saying anything. Just being there with them. Just standing there with them. And I cannot think of anything else that's more comforting. Than the presence of God in our lives. When, more especially, when we are in pain, there is nothing better than the presence of God in our lives. And often, when we are going through pain, these questions that Kelvin was asking happens: Why me? Why is this happening to me? Why is this happening to me? And we are looking for answers. And often, God does not give us the answers. Because even if he was about to explain himself, really, it would not make sense to us. When we are going through pain, when we are going through suffering, you know, for God to explain himself cannot really make sense. And this is one thing that I realize, that God's presence is more precious than his explanation. God's presence is more precious than his explanation. And you know what? He does not write an essay to tell us of why the bad things are happening to us. He does not write an essay to tell us of why we are suffering, why we are going through the pain. And we recognize that when it comes to the subject of pain and suffering, it is a very difficult subject, isn't it? It is hard. It is hard. But what God has chosen is that he has chosen to come alongside us and that he is there in the pain with us his presence is better than his explanation and more so because when god is present we know that we have a god who is all powerful almighty his presence is there but also his power is there now in the passage that we have read uh, you know we we see apostle paul and i uh, you know just talking about his own life Uh, You know, in 1 Corinthians, Paul was mainly talking to the church, rebuking them, just asking them, what are you guys doing? Come on. And then in 2 Corinthians, we are seeing more of him as a man, as a minister of the gospel and the difficult things that he is going through. So in the passage that we have read this morning in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, actually, Paul begins, it looks like he was, uh, you know, uh, just addressing some issues that were going on, that there were some false teachers some people that were twisting the truth. And he said, we did not actually distort the truth. We did not, you know, try to pretend and, 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 and hide the truth from people. If at all our truth is actually veiled or it's hidden from other people, it's because they are lost. And then in verse 7 he says, but we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that these all-surpassing powers from God are not from us we have this treasure in jars of clay. We have this treasure in jars of clay. When you look at, uh, you know, a jar of clay, is that a jar of clay can easily be broken. It can easily have cracks in there. You know, it's it's not solid. It's not solid. Some of you have jars. Uh, We have, I think, four jars in our home, and we have planted flowers in them jars of clay. Some of you have them in your own homes. And he says, but we have this treasure in jars of clay. What's the treasure? The treasure is the gospel. The treasure is Jesus Christ. And Who's the jars of clay? It is us. Us. It is you, a jar of clay. It is you. And God has chosen you who are weak. Are weak, he can easily be broken. He has chosen to put his treasure in you, he has, and the reason why he has done it is so that his power might be displayed. Is that his power might be put out on display that all people would say, Look at what Jesus has done. It's not about look at what Paul has done, look what Humphreys has done, look at what she has done, look what he has done. No, but look at what Jesus has done because everybody knows that you are weak, frail, and God has deposited his treasures in you. He has. And this humbles us, isn't it? It humbles us. It humbles us that a God who is all-powerful would choose to put... His treasure in us. He would choose to be in us that we will be the carriers of the good news of the gospel that saves the world. It humbles us that it's not about us, but about Him. And therefore, what this means is pain can be a platform of worship. That in our pain, we can actually worship the Lord, our God. Because we know even though we are weak, but He is strong. Even though we are weak, but he is strong and he has chosen to put the deposit in us. So see Christ as the treasure and offer your pain as a gift of worship to him. And that's the truth that I want you guys to get today. When we treasure Jesus, our pain becomes a worship to him. And your pain or hardship must come from a space of worship. And what do I mean? Worship, you know, uh, you say I am unworthy. And he is worthy. Worship is when you see yourself as unworthy. You see yourself as a jar of clay. Who is weak. Can easily have cracks. Can easily be broken. But you know that he is worthy. He is the treasure. He is the most beautiful thing ever. Because the essence of worship is that we see ourselves to be unworthy. And we attribute the worthiness to Jesus. To Jesus alone. In other words, through worship, in true worship, we confess our weakness and we see the strength of God. Therefore, our pain becomes a platform that elevates Jesus Christ. Because in our weakness, the Bible says the reason is that the power of Jesus Christ, the power of God might be displayed. Might be displayed. Verse 8 and 9, he says, we are hard pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. Verse 10, we always carry around in our body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed or manifested in our body. You understand verse 8 and 9? When you understand verse 10. In verse 10 it says, we always carry around in our body the death of Jesus Christ. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus Christ. Now when you're thinking about the death of Jesus Christ, he is not just talking about the cross. He's not just talking about the day that Jesus Christ died. Because he says we always carry around in our body the death of Jesus. This is a continuous status that we're in. We are always constantly carrying the death of Jesus Christ. And he looks into all of the three years that Christ actually was on earth and ministering and saving. And we know what happened to Jesus, wasn't it? There was a time that Christ felt lonely. He did. He felt lonely. Do you feel lonely sometimes? Do you feel alone sometimes? Guess what? Jesus actually experienced that. Are you homeless? Are you failing to pay for your rentals? Jesus Christ says at one time that the birds have nets, but I, a son of man has no way where he can lay his head homeless. In fact, we even know that actually, you know, he became, you know, a refugee. He came into Egypt, he came to Africa to find rescue. We know that Jesus Christ cried. Do you weep for your loss? Jesus Christ did. He lost his friend. He had known his friend for a long time and he took a journey. And when he was coming back, his friend was gone. Lazarus died. And and the Bible says, And Jesus wept. Jesus cried. Do you find yourself just maybe in a corner crying for the things that are happening in your life? Jesus did. He cried. Whatever you've lost and you're weeping, he wept. Jesus Christ was disappointed with with his disciples. So many times he was disappointed. In fact, he was actually abandoned. The Bible tells us when he was going to the cross, all the men ran away. Only the women left. It's amazing, actually, when I think about that, eh? The women were still with Jesus, eh? But all the men left. Run. Do you have some people that have run away in your own life and, you know, out of that and you feel like, oh, I don't know how I'm going to get through this. Jesus Christ was disappointed. He was frustrated. He was exhausted. He was exhausted. He had constant harassment. From opponents. You know, the Pharisees were always on his case. He was mocked. Jesus Christ was mocked. He was rejected. Have you experienced rejection in your life? Somebody tells you I don't love you anymore. We cannot have you here in this job. Jesus Christ has experienced that. He has. But guess what? The story doesn't just end there. He dies, but he raises again from the dead. He becomes victorious. Jesus Christ becomes victorious. And the reason why he becomes victorious is that when we are experiencing these things, his life may appear, may be on display in our lives when we are going through these hard things. Therefore, there is a purpose to the suffering. There's a purpose to the suffering. I know in Christian circles we say this so many times and you can just easily get used to this. But it is the truth. Because otherwise if it's just pain, then it is just pain. But there should be a reason. And Paul is telling us the reason why he was being hard-pressed but not crushed, perplexed, is so that the life of Jesus may be put on display. His pain would become a platform where Jesus Christ is actually Worshipped, where Jesus Christ is actually worshipped. Now, when we think about this life of Jesus Christ, let me just read again, verse eleven. Um, and the Bible says, "For we who are alive are always being over to the death of uh, to the death for Jesus' sake, so that His life may also be reviewed." In our mortal borders. And the Bible and the Bible says for we who are alive. Does not mean every single person who is alive. But it means those who have put their faith in the Lord. Those who have trusted in Jesus Christ. Are actually being given over to death. In simple terms. Actually being given over to suffering. And I think I mentioned last week. That just because we have belief in Jesus Christ. We will face persecutions. We will Suffer, we will go through painful things just because we are following Jesus Christ. And those who follow the who follow Jesus Christ, they live lives of worship. And when you are living lives of worship, you are actually living contrary to the ways of the world. You are. You are living contrary to the ways of this world. Now, here the focus is not on the jar, but the focus is on the treasure. Now I know if I have you know expensive stones. I have lots of money. I'm not going to keep it in a you know in a in a jar in my home. Yeah. I think there was a time only I think when I was a kid I was putting some money in under my pillow. But now I know better because sometimes the cash would go missing and I wouldn't know what happened. I will not put it in a in a jar of clay. I'm going to put it in a safe. In fact, I won't even trust myself. I'm going to put it in a bank. Somebody that I know can be trusted to keep my treasures for me. Somebody that can be trusted. But you know what? God has chosen us. People that are weak. That he would put his treasure in us. And you know yourself. How many times do you run away from God, the one who loves you? How many times do you turn away from the one that loves you? But guess what? He comes back to you again. And this tells us that we can only focus on the Lord Jesus Christ, even though pain and suffering comes in our lives, even though there's a lot of pain going on, but that we should not focus on the pain, but we should focus on Jesus Christ. We should focus on Jesus Christ. And scripture here talks about you know, being perplexed. You know, sometimes you want to You want to have a good education. You want to have a great education, and therefore you work hard, and you have done so well in your life, in your schooling, uh, secondary school. Now you have to go to college, but you can't. There are no opportunities. Just yesterday, as we were doing SOT Conference, a young man came to me, and he said, uh, you know, I wrote uh, my MSc exams, and I got really, really good points. And I was like, oh, well done good for you. He's like, yeah, the story doesn't end there. In fact, I stay with my grandma, and um, you know, my my grandma, I think what she does is she goes and sweeps around in people's homes to raise money so that they can have food at home. And uh, this young man, uh, you know, cannot be supported at home. Uh, but he still has been trying to find his way, and he said, you know what, I'm going to to go to a che- to the cheapest college I know, and I know, you know we're taking to college. So he he applied and he got in because this young man is so brilliant. So he got into the college. And they, now they had to pay for the tuition. And the tuition is just 80,000 kwacha. And his grandma went and swept around and she found 20,000 kwacha. And he had a phone. So he sold his phone and, did, uh, and then he, had, he was going to do these piece works. And he found 40,000 kwacha and they went and paid for the tuition. And he started his school last month. but He's like, what? When I look into the exams, uh, because they have uh, like an international body that they have to write these exams from, and what they have to pay to write the exams, it's it's almost impossible for him. And he says, you know what? Do you see these shoes? I had to ask for a friend to borrow these shoes so I could come to sort conference. I'm like, And I prayed for him. There's just a lot of pain that's going on in this world. But sometimes we are perplexed. This young man, very passionate for Jesus, he prays and he wants an education. He stays with the grandma and he says, you know what, I want to help my grandma. God help me get an education. And doesn't come along. And we are perplexed. He is perplexed. But you know what the encouragement is? If, if he's just going to look and stay perplexed and look at his pain, he's going to continue to just stay perplexed. And what is God doing? You know, when we're going through pain, either you can say you can blame God, or you can see God to be the one who is working. He is doing the work underneath. He's doing the work underneath. You want a family. You want to raise a family, but you cannot conceive, and you become perplexed. You want to live a healthy life and, you know, do well uh, and, you know, um, encourage your family and provide for your family. But you get a disease that makes you almost unable to provide and be there for your family. But we know. That even though we are hard-pressed on every side, we are not crushed. And the reason why you cannot be crushed is not because of you. Because for you, you are just a jar of clay. But it's because of the treasure that's inside you. That's the only way. It's not because you can. It's not because you can stand the trials. You can't. You cannot stand the trials. You cannot stand the pain and the suffering. You are unable But we know that Jesus Christ rose from the dead, and the Bible says, so that his life might be manifested in you. As you suffer, as you're going through that pain, Jesus Christ is there with you, in there. And he relates to you, because as I mentioned before, if you're feeling lonely, he went through that. Whatever pain you're going through, he went through that. He understands your pain. But the story will not just end there. We know that he is able. He is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all what we can imagine. He's the porter. We are the clay. And may it be that God would use us to the glory of his name. Through your pain and through your suffering, may it be a platform that people will worship Jesus on. May it be a platform that you will worship Jesus on. Because in that song that we sang first, blessed be your name, you give and take away. Those words were actually written by a man who lost everything. He lost everything. But he said, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be your name. He uses pain as a platform to glorify God. To exhort God. God is up to something. I may not understand it because I don't. I may not know it, but we know that his presence is with us, and his his presence is better than his explanation. We are hard pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. Struck down, but not destroyed. Whatever tragedies that you have experienced, whatever is going through in your life, even though you're hard-pressed, but Jesus Christ is there with you so that you should not be crushed. You should not be crushed. Even though you're perplexed, but you should not be in despair. And where that leads us, it leads us to a place of hope. To a place of hope. That we hope that, you know, whatever type of suffering that we are going through right now, whatever pain that we're going through right now, we know that there will be a time when all this will come to an end. When all this will come to an end. And sometimes we may experience a break from pain and suffering, but it comes back again. But we know there will be a time when we will live for eternity in the presence of God and there will be no pain. There was one time I was listening to a talk Uh, by a famous pastor in America called Tim Keller, and uh, he was talking of a dream that he had. He said, you know, I had a dream that my family had died, um, and I woke up, and I saw my family was there. I was like, oh, thank God. Just imagine the joy that I had coming from this nightmare. And he says, it will be like that when we're in glory. It will be that we have woken up from this nightmare. And I found that to be really powerful we we'll woke up from this nightmare of suffering and pain. And we're going to live and find that actually we're in the presence of God. All in him. In him alone. Our body is glorified. In Jesus Christ. Now we know when Paul says we are hard pressed. What it means is he recognizes his pain. It's not bad for you to cry. When you're going through pain, it's not sinful. In fact, it does not even represent, because sometimes, like I come from a background of, you know, the word of faith. Where, when you're sick, you say, I'm not sick. I'm fine. I'm okay. I'm not sick. You know, you have no money. Oh, I'm I'm rich. You know, I have eaten. But you haven't eaten. And then you're walking. I'm in a car. You name and claim it, name and claim it, that's what we say, name and claim it. And actually, I remember one time a friend of mine came and he said, um, you know what, it's been now, I think, eight years, I've never been sick, and uh, because I trust the, you know, the one who preaches the gospel, I can never be sick. I was like, whoa, okay, great. Yeah, so you have to believe that, you know, you have to believe that, you can never be sick. And I think after he said that, like a week later, I was down, yeah, I was sick with malaria. I was like, oh, no, come on. Uh, so I was taking meds, and he came to me and said, I cannot believe you went to a clinic to take meds. You have to believe. You have to believe that God is at work in your life. I said, ah, okay, I'll, next time, next time. <laughs> you know, I'll do better next time. Uh, so I took my meds. And then I think the following week, we were in a group of people, and he, he began studying again. You know what? i have never be sick. I can never be sick again. In Jesus' name, I name and claim it a week later. We went to his house because we got a phone call that this guy was not doing well at all. So we took him to a clinic. And he's like, oh, I've never been so sick like this in my life. Instead of feeling sorry for him, I laughed. eh? I said, you know what, let's give you some meds and you see the miracle that God brings through those. And he was healed. He never, he never came back to that. You know, I think it was God's way of just saying, you know what? Let me humble you and show that actually it's me who is at work. So it's not that you should not recognize your pain. It's not that you should not recognize. Because Paul says we are hard pressed. He recognizes that he is hard pressed. I am perplexed. I don't understand what's going on. He recognizes that. And we have to recognize I don't understand. I don't have answers. I don't know what's going on. I don't know. I don't know why this person treats me like this when I have done everything that I could to treat me well. But I don't know. I don't know what God is up to. Because sometimes when we say about a purpose in suffering, we always think there is one purpose. We can't say. We cannot say. For Calvin, it was God's salvation on his life. It might be something else for you. We don't know. We recognize that, but we also know that the Lord Jesus Christ, who rose from the dead, he wants his life to be displayed upon our lives through the pain. And he is there in the pain with us. His presence is better than our knowledge of what's going on. His presence is better. So put Jesus Christ on display through your pain. And suffering, and if you know, you recognize that, yes, I'm going through pain. Yes, I'm going through suffering. But I know, I don't know what God is up to. But I will still worship him. And I will say, blessed be your name. Blessed be your name. And Jesus Christ, he went through the loneliness. He went through all these, uh, you know, painful things for you. So Jesus Christ understands. He knows that you are weak. He knows that you are frail, but he has hope for you. When Jesus Christ was laid in the tomb, he rose again. But when he was on the cross, Jesus says these words, It is finished. It is finished. He said it on the cross. The power of sin was broken on the cross. All the suffering broken on the cross. And we know that it will happen when we are with him that we will not experience pain anymore when we are with him in glory. We will not lose our loved ones anymore because we are going to be with them when we are in glory. Lord Jesus, we know that uh, your glory is being displayed even in our pain. We know, Lord Jesus Christ, that you are at work in our pain. We know, Lord, that you are there with us. That your presence, Lord, is actually there with us. We thank you, God, for your goodness. Even when we feel down, God, we are reminded that in the cross, all the pain came to an end. That we have a new life and we know in glory there will be no pain. Therefore, we have hope. That we live lives of faith, lives of hope. The glory of Jesus. Amen.